Hi, I'm your host, Jack McLean, and today my guest is Mitch Greaves, the co-owner of Melbourne Fit Performance. During our most recent live collaborative event, Mitch, topic of choice, was discussing placing a premium on speed, agility, and quickness training in AFLW players. Highlights from this episode. Mitch discussed why is speed, agility, and quickness so important, and top tips for increasing your speed, agility, and quickness development. Before we start this episode, for those coaches wanting to learn how to create an online successful business while making an impact in elite sport, then our Coaches Academy is for you. You get access to a step-by-step roadmap to launching your own online coaching business, extensive training library and exclusive discounts and tools. You'll also become part of our active and supportive community filled with strength and conditioning coaches from all over the world who can help you along your coaching journey with practical feedback support and advice. All of this and more make our academy the number one place for strength and conditioning coaches wanting to start, manage and grow a successful coaching business. To join, head to academyprepareliceapro.com.au. Let's get into today's episode with Mitch Greaves. Hope you enjoy. Welcome, Mitch. Thanks for jumping on, mate. Thanks for having me, mate. It's been a great night so far. It has. It's great. I'm, I'm fully uh, entrenched in our conversations. It's been really good. So um, happy to be in the audience seat and, and hosting this uh, great show with all you guys and, and sharing your experiences and knowledge. We'll, we'll dive straight into your topic. Um, why is speed, agility and quickness important for, for AFLW players? Um, in terms of that question, mate, like there's there's probably two two layers to it. So I think if we look at speed, agility, quickness training, training globally, um, it's important for all athletes, but it's particularly important for AFW athletes. Um, we look at kind of at having two sides of the coin. Both it's got performance benefits as well as injury preventative benefits as well. Um, and then if we dive into the performance side of things, um, AFW as a game, um, they are shorter games with less players on the ground, so there's more space. Um, and so the quickest and, and most dynamic teams, um, they can do the most damage in, in the shortest amount of time. Like they're the ones that win. You look at sides like Adelaide, you look at Brisbane this year. Brisbane had rapid outside players that, you know, if you've got good inside midfielders that can get ball to outside and then into space and get it to those electric players, you can, you can do some really good damage in a really short amount of time. And I think we saw that in a side like Brisbane kicking um, the most amount of points in an AFLW game ever. So I think the game in general is moving more and more towards being an aggressive and, and quicker game. Um, and ends game, I think speed, agility, quickness has a little bit higher emphasis um, than something like conditioning, although conditioning is still super important. Um, and then I think if we look at kind of KPIs that we traditionally associate with speed, such as like a 10, 20 meter split or a 20 meter sprint, um, I think those are really nice metrics and, and I think testing and, and recording athletes from a competitive standpoint is really important to, to drive standard and, and competition um, for those athletes to want to improve. Um, I think it's probably too focused on and, and what we kind of neglect from this um, sort of training is, is things like driving down injury rates, um, which kind of increases, um, leads to increased player availability. Um, and, and improving things like running efficiency and, and in turn running economy, um, at, which goes hand in hand with being, being a well-conditioned side. Um, running efficiency and, and, and running economy are, are two massive, massive 
markers that we placed um, great emphasis on at, at Carlton, having good movers and developing good movers. Um, and then from a facility point of view, if you can have a side that is, that is full of um, better decision makers, um, which is a key component of, of agility, as we know, um, you know, things like how to attack defence space, um, ignoring irrelevant information and choosing right decisions, focusing on task at hand, um, along with things like teamwork. Those are the things that I think we, we traditionally neglect when it comes to speed, agility, quickness training, and we, we get bogged, bogged down in uh, improving your first five metres or, or things like that, even though those things are um, And then I think if we're looking at the second layer, which is individually, for um, these individual athletes, um, it's kind of like diving in what it means to them. So we can look at things like, well, what's their position? How do I buy into their story? You know, as a, as a key forward, what does speed look like to me? Um, that means that once I actually create space off my defender, can I maximize and, and, um, and really capitalize on the space that I've just created from my defender by bursting away from them and, and hitting a ball at speed versus a midfielder it might look like being able to reposition yourself quicker than your opposing midfielder to get the ball quicker or to get out of or exit stoppage quicker. So um, you can also look at things like career time point. So um, you've got the older players. If you talk to them about improving their first five metres of speed, they either switch off or they laugh at you. Um, For them, it's more about maintaining or holding on to so not what little speed they have, but to what speed they have. Because as we know, like aging players, it's one of the first things to go. Um, whereas you've got also like personal strengths and weaknesses as well. So rapid athletes, are we looking to improve your speed um, or your agility or quickness? Or, or are we taking on more of a, or an injury prevention role where we want you to break the rules that we're teaching you, but we also want to you know, teach you really safe, safe positions to hit um, as well as expose your tissues and joints to, to a variety of positions that you might find yourself in on, on game day. And on that point, from the, the biomechanical point of view, as a coach, when working with a group of athletes and you work with individual athletes as well in your uh, facility, uh, we'll start with the group um, dynamic. What, what's some of your favourite ways to improve efficiency of, of running technique? Yeah, so, I mean, I think it, it comes back to in terms of having a group versus an individual, an individual, um, to be honest, at, at the private level even, we, we don't have access to individuals in one-on-one environment that often because we don't really believe in that model. We want to be able to service a lot of athletes um, and we can't do that in a one-on-one model. So a lot of the time it, it is in a, in a smaller group setting. So having said that, even in a smaller group, thing, there is an, an ability to individualize a little bit more than there is in, in a big group environment at AFLW level. Um, and so in terms of session design, it gives you a little bit more flexibility around what you're programming for your athletes that come to you in a, in a private or a a semi-private setting versus an AFW group, um, where the AFW group is really relying on the staffing that you have available, um, whether you're running a session by yourself or whether you like to have someone like Stevie Moore to, uh, drop you out and and take half a group. Um, yeah, it really comes down to context, but. In terms of developing efficient movers um, in AFLW players and, and in a group environment, um, partnering up is a really, really great tool um, to kind of allow an athlete to, to model off another really good mover. Um, <laughs> and then as a group as well, I think this is where it comes down to as a coach, if you can demonstrate really well 
um, then that's going to give your athletes who are most likely visual learners a really good platform to attempt the movement that you're trying to teach them or improve um, and allow them to then go and have more confidence in expressing or trying what you're trying to get across, if that makes sense. Mitch Shafto has just written in um, from YouTube, should you do any agility exercises before a game? Great question, Mitchie. Um, agility exercises. You know Mitch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. Um, he's actually from my local local football club, Knox Footy Club. So oh, there you go. He's a youngster. Yeah, there. Dylan's in it. Or anymore. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, Mitchie, you can include some agility exercises in, in your warm-up. Um, warm-up is is one of the coach's most effective tools in terms of it's, it's the most frequent time that you have available with your athletes. So implementing agility within your warm-up is gives you gives you a good bang for your buck. Um, and then some athletes really enjoy incorporating some more dynamic preparation work prior to a game. So depends on your athlete. Um, if it's something that you like to do, absolutely go for it. Just uh, get plenty of rest in between and don't cook yourself before you get out on the field, mate. And you mentioned the decision-making uh, element, which I think is a good one to, to dive into a little bit more detail. Uh, uh, like you said, warm-ups are a good opportunity for strength conditioning coaches to uh, work on these uh, athlete development areas. How often would you change the stimulus when it comes to decision-making in your agility drills? Is it like a, do you do like a fortnightly block or um, change it every week, the drill, to, you know, heaps of variation? Talk us through, talk us through that. Yeah. Um, I think it depends on the skill that you're trying to develop um, and, and obviously the phase that you're in. You're in. Um, so you might be trying to de develop a particular skill um, that might be attacking space um, as a team. And so within the drill that you are doing with the team, you might vary that quite frequently, but then the rest of the speed session that you're building around that to support that might stay really similar because we've got to we can't end or underestimate the cognitive load that comes with attempting decision making drills and decision making agility drills so to answer your question um really depends on yeah, what you're trying to do um so I, I really really like um jamie smith's um and, and franz Bosch's uh rep by rep approach in certain contexts so mm -hmm. when you are trying to develop a skill particularly with more intermediate or advanced athletes um, once you've built a really good understanding of how we want you to execute a movement, then we want to get to the stage where we're challenging you, you know, rep to rep or set to set with different decision-making stimuluses or, or different constraints um, that hopefully lead you to better decision-making outcomes um, and, and better movement in general. And what about from a, the quickness point of view, what are some of your top tips for, let's start with the strength and conditioning coaches to, to focus on to help? athletes become quicker yeah um quickness as a term i think is is a little bit of a gray area um and i think it comes back to your philosophy as a coach so if we just zoom back out for a second um in terms of developing speed agility quickness and in particular quickness as a, as a coach you really want to have a mindset that that speed grows like a tree so it's not a, a short-term quality that you're looking to build eight week or 12 week time frame um you know if you are someone like Nolsey or someone like benny frith who has a group for three to five years um hopefully you want to adopt a mindset where if you are placing speed agility quickness as an important quality or emphasis that you want 
the group to improve on, well, then it's something that you've got to consistently pepper week to week, month to month, year to year in order to actually get the benefits long term. Um, so I think that's a really important concept that it needs time, it needs consistency, and it needs nurturing. Um, and then it's not just what you're actually doing from a speed agility quickness point of view, but everything that goes around it as well. So it comes back to your strength and power program, comes down to your, your, your um, warm-up, your mobility prep, all that side of things, as well as how good your decision-making is from a medical and performance staffing point of view as well as to when to pull certain players out of that sort of training and when to put them back in and then modifying sessions as well. Um, and then dialing back in or zooming back in, in terms of quickness, um, you're really looking to drive up, I suppose, neural output in some players. So the ones that are kind of like middle of the rung, um, you're trying to get them to be able to be a little bit more alert um, to scenarios and, and react quicker um, and, and reposition themselves quicker. Um, and then you've kind of got the, the clumsy or awkward awkward players. Um, you're trying to get them a little bit more coordinated, um, trying to get them to be able to dance. They're, they're usually pretty horrible on the dance floor. So this is where things like agility ladders, which get such a bad rap, um, are actually a fantastic tool for actually getting athletes more generally coordinated. You know, of yeah. course, they're not specific. You're an idiot if you think they're specific. That's fine. No one's arguing that. You know, but the tools like that, small box drills, um, a lot of Lee Taft series around um, quick hips and being able to reposition yourself really quickly, super useful tools in order to get back to acceleration or sprinting quicker um, mm -hmm. and hopefully all or, or the scenario that you want to quicker. Um, so, yeah, and then in terms of the wired or, or more elastic athletes that are, you've already got on your group or in your team, the quickness training is actually allowing them to express an ability that they're really good at and they're usually the athletes that don't like the gym so when it comes to these athletes like they're actually able to enjoy an element of their training that they're doing week to week month to month year to year um just like the strong athletes are able to enjoy the gym so i, I don't think we can take away the enjoyment factor that comes from speed agility quickness training and allowing athletes to be athletes um away from things like small-sided games and the seriousness of, of football development um, again, it comes back to placing a premium on developing these qualities um, and finding space and time to put them into your session plans. Awesome, mate. Uh, thank you so much for sharing. And, and for those that want to get in contact with you, talk us, give us a, a quick intro of Team M MFP and, and how to get in contact with yourself. Yep. Um, so the gym, Melbourne Fitness and Performance, we're out in West Footscray. Um, so if you just type in Team MFP on Instagram. Um, in terms of myself, I'm just Mitch Greaves 8 on Instagram, um, yep. that's where my personal content will be. So if you want examples of kind of methods that, that I do utilize, there's plenty on there. Um, and then in terms of um, Twitter or, or content that I just reshare, um, jump on Twitter. I'm just literally Mitch Greaves, um, reshare a lot of other coaches' good work and not much of my own because there's way more smart people on there than there is on, on Instagram. Um, I'm with you on that. I'm still trying to work out the Twitter. Uh, it's a, it's I think the fact that you just called it the Twitter probably uh, probably says <laughs> 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 <Is> it all. <laughs> Thanks, Mitch. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. If you like this episode, it'd be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, give a review, or even share with your mates. The show is recorded in Melbourne, Australia. Be sure to follow our Instagram page for all updates on our latest and greatest. If you would like to get in touch, 
to suggest a guest or advertise with the Prepare Like a Pro podcast, please email me at jack at preparelikeapro.com. Thanks so much for tuning in.